This episode is sponsored by our friends at Fujifilm North America. Their X-Series digital cameras and lenses may just give you that creative edge you're looking for in your portraits and events. You'll find everything from 40 megapixel image quality to 40 frames per second bursts, plus unique in-camera film simulation modes and effortless usability. Click the link in the episode description to find the full range. There has never been a better time to invest in your passion, so make sure to click the link. Hey there, it's Nikki Klosser, and I want to let you know about an awesome free giveaway for people on our email list. If you haven't already, click the link in our podcast description or go to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up to get on the list. If you sign up, you'll get a free posing 101 PDF to jumpstart things. It's an epic PDF, so you'll definitely want to get this. Also, just by being in our email community, you'll get deals, sales, and information about any of our upcoming events and activities. So head over to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up and sign up today. You're listening to the Portrait System Podcast. And I don't want to be a means to an end. I want to build a brand and a brand identity and create an experience where someone feels cared for, pampered, seen, and celebrated. Welcome to the Portrait System Podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Klosser, and this show is here to help you succeed in the world of photography and business, to help you learn to become financially free doing what you love and so much more. With over 1 million downloads, countless photographers have taken what they've learned from both our episodes and from theportraitsystem.com, and they have grown their businesses, quit their day jobs, and are designing a life of their dreams. We keep it real and share stories about the ups and downs that come with running a photography business. You'll hear real-life stories of how other photographers run their business, and you'll learn actionable steps that you can take to reach your own goals. Thank you so much for being here, and let's get started. Hey guys, now is your chance to check out all of the incredible photography education we have available for you at theportraitsystem.com. For only $7, you will get access to over 1,000 videos, including pricing, posing, marketing, lighting, sales, inspiring photo shoots, self-value, and more. Yes, you'll get your first month for only $7 when you become a pro member, and you'll get access to the full download library with posing guides and workbooks and so much more. Also, this includes a pricing calculator, a studio startup timeline, our weekly live broadcasts, including Sue Bryce's live talks, access to our private members-only Facebook groups, special discounts on photography products, and so much more. Head over to theportraitsystem.com and enter the code PODCAST7 to get your first month for only $7. That's theportraitsystem.com and enter the code PODCAST7. This week on The Portrait System, my guest is Judith Hill. Judith is a portrait photographer in Nashville, Tennessee, and she left her corporate job to become a full-time photographer. Judith tells us all about how she prepared for leaving her job and how she ended up making six figures in her first year and has continued to do so ever since. She also shares with us how she uses an email newsletter to promote her Black Friday sale, and she also talks about the other ways she markets to have consistent clients coming in the door, even without focusing much on social media. All right, let's get this started with Judith Hill. Hi, Judith. Welcome to The Portrait System. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Hi, Nikki. I'm so glad to be here. Where are you uh, tuning in from? Nashville, Tennessee. Oh, Nashville. Heck yeah. I have that on my list of places that I definitely need to go. Have you not been? No. Oh my gosh. It's I so know. much fun. I was just, we all, we, uh, you know, we're Music City and um, people come here to party a yeah. lot. <laughs> We always say that it's a drinking town with a music problem. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. That's what they say in the music industry anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I didn't ever listen to country music until the last few years. And now I'm like a total country convert. So I have a newfound interest in Nashville for that reason, as well as just, you know, that it's a cool city. You're a Dolly Parton fan, correct? Oh, yeah. I've fan? always been a oh, Dolly yeah. fan. But, I, you know, other than that, I wasn't really. Yeah. Do- since I was little, like I used to dress up yeah. like her. Love her. <laughs> yeah, she's great. Um, she Dolly Parton and hip hop music are the great unifiers of the world, I've decided, at least in the studio. (laughs) (laughs) When you're playing music, everybody's like Dolly or hip hop. Yeah, I love it. All right, so let's talk about how you got started in photography. Or actually, let's back up and what did you do first? Because I know you weren't always into photography as your career. That's correct. So I did not pick a camera up until I was about 30 years old. Before that, I was vice president of economic development for a corporate company for I was at the national chamber of commerce. So I had a 14 year career doing economic development. So I was on the team that built the Nashville skyline from about 2004 to 2018. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. So we would um, recruit, you know, like big corporate headquarters, back office, data center, music companies, healthcare companies, shared service. So yeah, we, we recruited industry to the town and helped the existing ones grow and expand. Okay. So nothing like, um, you know, entrepreneurial, like creative route at all. No, I'm actually the first entrepreneur in my family. Um, oh. yeah. And well, cause I grew up in politics and, um, my dad was chief of staff for U.S. congressman which is sort of how I got to Nashville was working for the governor at the time. When I moved here, I'm from uh, a small town in West Tennessee. And yeah, so I came here and started doing economic development and just really, you know, if things go in seven year cycles and you do something for 14 years, you get, I got a little bit where I could just do it in my sleep, so to speak. Mm -hmm. It was also more of a marketing arm of, like so there were we would negotiate incentives but we were kind of we were selling the city so back in 2004 i would say for nashville anyway uh, people did think of us as like maybe hee haw <laughs> or something like that like they i would get weird questions like do we where do you wear shoes in nashville um <laughs> but so we would bring people here and we would tell a different story we would say yes we're music but we're more um so we would sell the city through uh presenting connecting touring people around and so in that standpoint it was a little bit creative from marketing but otherwise yeah. it was really just sort of selling the city and well it yeah it's interesting because you had mentioned that a lot of what you do you think you get you know referrals and clients and things is because of the way you you know talk about your client experience and i wonder if that marketing background piece to it helped you with your own business yeah you know i've tried i've been thinking lately about how what what were the things that i took from economic development into photography. And I think that, so my, my old boss used to say that your brand is what people say about you when you're not around. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so, so yeah, so we, we had to go out and tell a different story about Nashville. 
And so that brand identity, that changing the narrative, and also finding moments. So moments for people, like when they came, connecting them to someone that made a similar move, finding out who their favorite artist was. If there was a concert in town, we would, you know, through our connections, get tickets and things like that, and just kind of really sell the city through moments. And if you think about it, as humans, we, our lives are a string of moments. And what we remember the most are the peaks and the pitfalls. So as a photographer through the customer experience, you can create these beautiful moments and then the images become a representation of those moments. So everything from like branding and how you talk about your business and yourself and creating those moments and those memories, that's sort of the big part that I took from my old job into building my own business. Okay. And I want to hear more about that in detail, but I want to, a lot of people ask me to ask the question when someone, you know, transitions from this full-time career Mm -hmm. into like, what, at what point did you feel like I am ready to just quit my job altogether and make this happen? Was it a financial goal you had? Was it a certain number of clients where you just like, screw it, I'm just going to do it? Like, what did that look like for you? Yeah. So I, you know, I was building my business for about five years on the side before I actually made the leap. Um, And I I probably waited too long. And honestly, my job was so supportive in that they would, they were like, well, listen, Judith out to take headshots of these CEOs for our marketing and things like that. So I really, what I did was I just, I tried to just set it up so I could just leave and walk out into my business. So I got my pricing down. I hired mentors within the community to help me transition. Like, how do I leave my job? Um, And I really just tried to set myself up to walk right out. But it really wasn't, you know, that easy. And we've talked about this Mm. in in one of the self-value workshops, which is, it's that identity shift. Yes. And it's so hard. So it's a big one. And it's not, it's just a a mindset shift, Mm -hmm. you know, your fear for example. So I was afraid to to leave. I thought, gosh, if I fail, I'm going to like go bankrupt and live on the street. And, that, and that's just not true. I so I had, to, I had to play out my worst case scenario, which was if, if it doesn't work, I just go get a job. Yeah. And, but it, it that didn't happen to me, obviously. Um, I made six figures in my first year and I made six figures uh, from then forward and grew it year over year. So it it's just really... To go back to how did I know when I was ready? Um, I was, you can't, who said it? You can't ride two horses. I'm not sure, but I wasn't doing anyone justice. I was having guilt about like how I was, I was, I would skip out a little bit early and I would go do consultations at home. And then I was working on the weekends Mm -hmm. and I was doing at night and I wasn't doing anyone any justice. I wasn't doing my business justice. I wasn't doing my job justice. So it was just time to leave. And at the time I was single, I didn't have kids and I had savings and I was, I was ready to make the leap. And I just had to really put um, an appointment on my boss's calendar that forced me to say, Hey, I'm going to be leaving. Yeah. And that's what I did. Yeah. You said some important things in there. I really love the kind of worst case scenario play. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes in therapy, people, therapists will, will recommend that where it's like, okay, let's 
let's seriously, legitimately talk about what is the worst thing that could happen. Like you said, you could get a job. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. you know, typically when people are leaving one career for another, like you already have the skills and the experience to get another job. You know, it's, um, I mean, I know everyone has different life experiences and it's not always that cut and dry, but in a scenario where you already have a job and you're just trying to do it, you know, I do like the idea too, that you had your ducks in a row first. That certainly Mm -hmm. makes it easier once you are out the door. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. It, it does. And, you know, I was, I remember at my, my now husband, we were on a walk and he said, you know, fear stands for false evidence appearing real. Yeah. I love that. And um, I was like, oh, you're right. There's actually no evidence that the thing I'm afraid of is actually going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I've heard it said a different way now that it's uh, face everything and rise. And I, I like that too. So yeah. it's, yeah. it's, it's just a mind, a mindset shift. Yeah. We often, I mean, anxiety is often creating stories in our head that likely aren't going to happen. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm guilty of that too. Like I have this saying that I say every day and it is, I put it out there to the universe, to God, to, you know, all the things where I'm like, okay, I'm not really a religious person, but I always say right. not today, not Satan, it. not today, Satan. And I don't even know where that came from. And the reason I'm like, I'm just going to say it is because I realized I didn't say it yet today. And my husband just took my kids out uh, fishing. So okay. not today, Satan, make sure. But <laughs> we do, we create these stories in our head that cause us anxiety, fear, all of the things where, I mean, if we just focus on that and, and make that get in our way of ever creating a better life for ourselves. Like you said, you were completely indifferent at this job that you had. And I know so many people who are listening feel the same way. They're not, they don't enjoy it anymore. They don't want to do it anymore. It's not fulfilling them in any way, shape or form. Like that is not a way to live either. So. Yeah. You know, I, um, I wasn't unhappy. I just, I needed something that lit me up. Right. So I had this bracelet on, um, on my wrist, it says, follow your bliss. And mm-hmm. I've worn it for a long time. And it's a Joseph Campbell kind of theory that says, if you follow your bliss or what lights you up, then you're on the path that was laid for you all along. Mm-hmm. And you will meet people that you were meant to meet and doors will open. And so that's what drove me to photography because I had at 25 gone to Italy by myself and took all these amazing pictures, which Italy is beautiful. So everybody goes there and thinks they're a photographer. But <laughs> <laughs> And this was, I had like a little point and shoot camera because this was 2006. And whenever I could get a DSLR, I got one and I went back to school because in 2010, that was the option, right? Is to mm-hmm. go to a community college and start taking courses. And I just was like, this lights me up. I'm losing time. And I just kept, kept, going with it. And then I, somebody in my class or in at school said, you should like, do you watch creative live? And so I got on creative live and that's how I found Sue in 2011 or 2012. And I just was like, Oh, so I can hire hair and makeup artists and people can have outfit changes. That sounds awesome. And I mm-hmm. just started doing it and I just kept going because yeah. I was just, it lit me up so much. So, and it's, yeah. And, and just speaking of like the education that was back then, it's so different mm-hmm. now with like all the education mm-hmm. that Sue has on the portrait system. It's like, 
all-encompassing of everything you could possibly need <laughs> to be a successful portrait photographer. And that wasn't available back then as it is now. So Not at all. I know. Yeah. In my sessions, I'm a, a mirror pose. So I get into the pose and I put people in it. And um, everybody's like, where did you learn all this stuff? And I'm yeah. like... Oh, People ask, clients ask me that too. Yeah, online. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm the best mentor in the world, actually. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned that your first year, you made six mm -hmm. figures. How yeah. did you do that? Like, tell people what steps you took. Yeah. So I had been building my business on the side for five years. And I did use my job where I was out networking. I would talk about my photography business. Um, so I really just built this network up and I, but to be honest, the first couple of years I did a ton of company headshots because people knew me from the business world in Nashville. So I, I did a lot of headshots in this one company and there's a real estate company called Compass and Compass is all over the place and they need headshots. And so every time they hired a new agent, they would hire me to do that. So I did that and then I did some, you know, the branding and and mother daughter in combination shoots and things like that. But I did a lot of headshots and mm -hmm. that's not, it, it, I felt it was, it was a little bit of um, like, I, I did a lot of making money with my camera. So I'm going to take a lot of things. And, but that wasn't really why I opened my business, I opened my business to cultivate confidence and, and celebrate people and give them this empowerment session. Uh, yeah. But I did a lot of headshots. That's what that's the answer. So more of like <laughs> sit down, that. click, kind of not like a full personal branding experience, but more so Correct. just yeah, yeah, like the corporate and I corporate, yeah, yep. And that has uh, that's something that I this my whole journey is something that I've always been asked to do that I got burnt out on. Yeah, because I'm I'm a connector. I also understand people's secret sauce really quickly. And so whenever I was doing those and it was like just a revol I felt like a revolving door, yeah. that was not healthy for me. Mm -hmm. And that kind of led to a burnout after the first year. And I was, I've, I've tried to figure out how to shift that for a long time. And then I just cut it off. And then now I'm trying to bring it back through a second shooter. Got it. That's smart. So what do you shoot now? Like what is your bread and butter at this point? My most popular is is probably the combo shoot is what I call it because people want branding and they want boudoir and they want fashion. Yes, I love <laughs> so it. So I do I do that and I do a lot of I still do a lot of branding. Um, that's really easy for me to speak to from my past experience and just my connections. Yeah, um, but those are those are the the two things that I do the most of. Okay, all right. So yeah, I feel like a lot of this always comes back to it when you you know, start getting these consistent clients coming in the door. So much of it is networking and getting yourself okay. out there. And it sounds like you were really, you know, setting the stage for that for a long time. I mean, do you feel like, like how long do you think it took you to really consistently, I know you st stayed at your job for a long time, but mm -hmm. through all this networking and everything, did it, you know, when did clients consistently start coming in? Yeah. So when I first went full time, uh, right, right before I left, or the last year that I was at my job, I did join a BNI. Okay. And then I was in BNI and I went into leadership for a couple of years. I was probably in BNI like three or four years. So I think 
the main thing that B and I did for me was because it's it was very blue collar where I was, so it wasn't really my ideal client. But the main thing it did for me was learn how to talk about my business in different mm. ways because you had to get mm-hmm. up every week and you had to say something mm-hmm. and you had to ask for a referral. And so as much as in my old job, I could sell the city all day long. It was a hard shift to kind of sell yourself, yeah, you know, and your different. work because mm-hmm. it's, it's different. Um, so I just, and I've, I'm now in a women's entrepreneurship group called Brain Trust, which is really an organization that is meant to help women scale their ah. business and get to a million dollars of revenue because unfortunately in the U.S. anyway, st- uh, nationwide, only 2% of women get to a million dollars in revenue. Mm. So I'm in this organization that has a mission to help other women and like getting into that and networking, I would say also I took with me a network list of emails. I don't know if they dropped off, but I got really consistent on a newsletter which is was is probably my number one marketing tool right now okay. because yeah because now most of the most of my business probably 80% of it or more comes from referrals and i think that that is because i have a newsletter that's consistent it's on brand i give this amazing customer experience from start to finish and once I did that, and I also did a 40 over 40 campaign, and you get really clear on how to talk and your message because you're on the phone with like 100 women. And I think all of those things and just shifting my mindset and how I'm thinking about things mm-hmm. really shifted my business. Okay, so there's a lot to unpack there. One thing I want people to really understand is that, yes, at the beginning, the level of putting yourself out there and networking and all of that, it's a lot. And you have to be mm-hmm. consistent with it. And you have to sometimes, you know, go to meetings when you don't want to or go to events when you don't want to or do a charity thing if you don't want, you know, like, but it's not always like that. It's not always going to, you know, five different networking groups a month. Like it, it gets better. Once you really start to hone in mm-hmm. on, you know, like you said, customer experience, providing really beautiful photos for people, they start to talk about you. So I I just don't want people to think that that's how it is forever. I mean, yes, you always have to grease that wheel, but it's not as intense, I feel like, once you get going. That's right. I mean, I I don't go to that many networking events anymore. Mm-hmm. I try to be strategic about the groups that I'm involved in and that I, I lead in. So, mm-hmm. for example, I mentioned the Brain Trust, which is... Which is has a bunch of different, I'm probably the only photographer actually in that group, but like tomorrow I'm going to be hosting 10 women from that group in my studio because I'm always like, get people in my studio. Um, But I think that in the beginning, it's really, you try to get your footing and you try to figure out how do I say things? Like in the beginning, I feel like I just wanted the words. How do I, how do I say what I'm trying to say? Mm -hmm. How do I entice people? How do I, um, respond to these objections and, and all the things that, that kind of come up. I, I think that one of the things, if you can tell a story, your client's story, then people yeah. will remember that and they yes. will relate to it and they will hold on to it because mm-hmm. we're going to remember that more than like, this is what I do and how I do it. If you take it through the client's story, then that that's always good. And then it's not about yeah. you. It's about the client. Cause yes. I think that's the hardest thing is when you're trying to pitch your business especially as a creative entrepreneur, because everything comes from you, that 
you have to shift it from, it's not about you. It's about your clients and it's about being of service. Yes. Yeah. I talk a lot about that in my marketing course where uh, just how to do that, like how to make it all about them and storytelling and using very powerful snippets of information, you know, taglines sort of to get people to notice you. Because as you know, we are in a world of just message, message, message. Like we're all, you know, receiving something like a billion messages or something every day. And how do we get people to stop on us and, you know, pay attention to us? Yes. Yeah. Do you know a goldfish has an attention span of, I forget what it is, but it's like six seconds. And we are less than that. We have an attention span less than a goldfish. (laughs) Crazy. (laughs) So like now I understand like in part of my um, secret sauce, I think is I'm very much a, I'm a big hype girl in the session. So now in networking events, I will introduce myself if they're just like, you have, just tell your name and what you do. I will say, I'm Judith Hill, owner of Judith Hill Photography. I'm a professional photographer and hype girl. And then people laugh or they remember that and they're like, or they'll ask me, what is the hype part? Right. Well, tell us that because you've you've mentioned that client experience is extremely important Uh to you. So what what is Mm -hmm. the special experience that people get and how do you, you know, stand stand apart from maybe other people in your in your industry? Yeah. So I think, you know, as photographers, when you when you do all these like staff headshots, so I'm not talking about branding, I'm talking about, you know, a company hires you to do 10 people, 20 people, 40 people, you know, or, or they, you're just their go-to person. So when they hire somebody new, they come to you. So, but in that, in that, you know how people are say that they have like the just clients, like I just need a headshot, yes, which makes me feel like a means to an end. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be a means to an end. I mm-hmm. want to build a brand and a brand identity and create an experience where someone feels cared for, pampered, seen and celebrated. And the way that I do that is, you know, I, on my, I, I'm hard on the phone because I'm such a connector and I'll just keep talking. It'll be a 20 <laughs> minute call. And then it's like 45 minutes later. And so I, uh, so I try to put everything on my website and then, and give people an option to book there or, or call. And then from there, you know, in a very extensive prep guide and the prep guides are not in a PDF anymore. They're on my website because that's going to be good at getting people onto the website going back over and over again. It's yes. good for SEO. It's good totally. to get them so smart. in my world. Yeah. And then we always do a Zoom, you know, to design the shoot and talk through it. I get to meet them and things like that. And then on the shoot day, there's a sign. They know that we are, we're expecting them and we're here. And there's obviously hair and makeup on set. And then I started offering champagne mm-hmm. um, and water and, and even water, like liquid death water. If, do you know liquid death water? No, I've Which, never heard of it. Okay. So it's this tall boy can. It kind of looks like a beer, but it's liquid <laughs> death and it's spark. It's just, it's, it tastes really good. And everybody's like, Oh, I want the liquid death water or whatever it is. So I just kind of elevated um, what I was offering, playing their favorite music. And then in the shoot, I keep the energy high constantly, yes. just hyping them up the whole time. And sometimes I will just sit my camera down and have a conversation with them. If something comes up, that we're talking about or connecting on. Yeah. I will often uh, do that. But the whole time I'm like, yes, girl, you know, all the, all the things, which is really sincere because most of the time I'm, I'm sometimes, I mean, everybody just looks so beautiful, you know? And after that, I always take a picture too of them 
in hair and makeup with the sign. So if you were in, it would say uh, JHP welcomes Nikki and you're in hair and makeup. And I make sure I, sh- I take a snap of that. And then after the shoot, I will text it to them and tell them how amazing they are. Yeah. And then when they come back, I don't do instant reveals because I like to celebrate it. So when they come back, I have a spread depending on the day. If it's in the morning, there's scones and coffee. If it's later in the day, there's like a charcuterie board and their choice of beverage. And then we go through their images and all that. So I just, I'm, I'm touching them at every point in the game. And then when I send them their images, I'm terrible with thank you notes, but I can do, I just hop on my camera and I take a thank you video and I tell them like, just again, how awesome it was. And just a little thank you for choosing me, for trusting me. And I upload that with their images. Yeah. So every point from start to finish through the sales session, I'm elevating that customer experience. Awesome. All right. So tell us, because you said you kind of do these like combo shoots. So how does that work? Mm -hmm. And how do you, like if someone reaches out to you and says, I just want personal branding, Mm -hmm. are you giving them the option then to add boudoir or fashion or whatever? Like how are Mm -hmm. you combining these and how are you pricing them? I I would just go over what I'm doing, right? So in, in branding, if they just want branding, then we kind of talk about it in a way that how do you want to elevate yourself in the marketplace and show up with authority and stand out? What is your, Mm -hmm. what's your calendar year? What's your marketing calendar? We want to plug into that. We want to, you know, for content, we want different outfit changes. Like how do you show up at work? Mm -hmm. What would you wear, you know, on the, like, you know, who's your audience? Like if you're in tech, are you in finance? Are you in finance in in Nashville and New York and San Francisco? Because Nashville is a little bit more casual than New York. And -hmm. you're going to want it to have different outfits for your different audiences and things like that. What would you wear to a dinner? What would you wear to a reception? That's how I talk about the outfits and how they would want to be photographed. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes I will say, they'll say, yeah, I would say, well, you're getting photographed. So you might as well bring something that's just for you. You know, I also do these combo sheets, which is really the most popular because with like three to five outfit changes, you can really do a lot of different things. So how are you showing up in the world? Outfits are the outward expression of that. And we want to capture all the facets of who you are and how you're showing up. So you have an everyday look, boudoir, you can do your business if you want. You can do fashion, you can do full on glam, you know, or anything in between. You can do a couple of business, a couple of boudoir, because everybody wants branding and boudoir, you know? So the combo shoot is just kind of, you're here getting professionally photographed. Do you want to do more than just branding? Is it priced differently or is it just based on how many photographs they purchase in the end? Like, are you just trying to get them up to another, like a higher package by adding in those extra kind of? Well, yeah, yes. Well, always because you want the different outfits and you want, it, it's better to do like, yeah, I got to do this business thing, but I want these other things too. So that definitely ends up as a higher sale. They're all priced the same. Yeah. That's, the end product okay. is different. Yeah. 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 And that's that makes it easy for people. I'm just like, if, if you really just want business, you can do business. It's all priced the same. It's just a digital product for branding. If you want to do the combo or a contemporary portrait, then you get the digitals, but you also get prints. Yeah. And yeah. the other way I upsell people on the combo, like when they do the uh, print selection or the print collection, I also try to say collection versus package. Mm-hmm. Um, I, don't, I don't know. It kind of elevates it a little bit. Yeah. 
but I do, so I do graphy and the graphy box, which mm-hmm. I love because it's so versatile and it's just easy to talk about. And since I've been to the graphy workshop, which I highly recommend, and I've been to the castle, I mean, yes. the castle, but the, uh, I've been to the factory. Yes. You can, you can so sell that so much. I mean, you get not totally that you're trying to, but I'm more passionate about it because I've seen people in the factory making things with their hands and I can talk about that and say, I've been to the factory. Um, and this is amazing. And so, but the smaller, like eight by 10 comes with the collection. If you want the larger box, 11 by 14, it's just a flat fee on top. Okay. So then I try to move them to the higher box. I don't really, it's not a hard sell really. I'm just like, what is in your house? Do you like smaller or do you like bigger? Yeah. Yep. I love that. All right. So, so what's, what's like if someone comes in the door and they just want the the minimum, you know, of the branding, how does that pricing start? 675 for the session. And it includes all the things, the pre-shoot design consultation, hair and makeup, fully guided photo shoot, selection of images, retouching. And I do give them one image with, with that just I don't, I guess I feel that if you're spending $700, you yeah. should get at least an image. Um, and then a la carte images are 400 collections start at $2,500 and go up from there. Nice. So I do 10, 10 for 2,500, um, 20 for 3,500 and 30 for 4,500. Awesome. And you said your most popular package is, well, you, okay. So let me back up. I love, first of all, that you said my most, what is most popular is people do X, Y, Z because people want social proof. Mm-hmm. As human beings, we tend to do what most other people do. It's, you know, a weird thing that we are as humans. So I love that you do that. But um, so which pack, like out of all of, oh, okay, let me ask this. What's your average sale? Do you know? It's about 3,500. Oh, that's awesome. Wow. That's huge. Yeah. Very cool. And are most of those including some sort of print or folio box? Like could someone just do want only personal branding and get like 30 photos, but not have any prints or do you, do, you mm-hmm. know, how does that work? Yeah. So because everything's priced the same, I, I, I separate them out in saying that branding is meant for business. It is meant to elevate your brand in the marketplace it is meant to sell yourself to sell your business. It is meant to be plugged into a marketing plan and yeah. it is a digital only product. Yep. Everything else, combo shoot for individuals, you know, generations, et cetera, is a print and digital product. Okay. The value is in creating the image. That's why they're the same price. Perfect. Love it. All right. I want to switch gears and I want to talk a little bit about your campaign because you said you had done this. We talked about this before that you had done mm-hmm. a Black Friday campaign through your newsletter. Mm-hmm which I know you said you get a lot of clients that way. And this is through email, correct? An email newsletter? Correct. Yes. Okay. So tell us a little bit about that, a Black Friday campaign, because Black Friday is going to be right around the corner. And I, I think it's really important to utilize it as well, as much as you can. So, Absolutely. And I, so I have tried Black Friday sales before and I've not done well with them. But last year I did extremely well with the Black Friday sale and I only sold it to my newsletter audience. Okay. And I really got very strategic with my newsletter probably in 2020 and 2021. Just it's, and I don't talk, I mean, everything is a very empowering confidence kind of message. And Mm -hmm. so we're very consistent with it. We put it out the first Tuesday of the month. Um, it has a very big open rate and people will email me back sometimes, but I'm, I'm very consistent with 
the email. So, and I have a VA team that helps me be consistent. That's the only way it's consistent, to be honest. Oh yeah, is that I have be, a great VA team. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's nice. I need I need one of those. Yeah, <laughs> yes. I mean, they're stateside and they're really wonderful and they get it. And we're boxing all the time and you know stuff like that. But and the VA team is one of the reasons it was so successful because I would never blow my people up as much as we blew them up for Black Friday. But I was what I was trying to figure out was how do I what is a a Black Friday like what could it be? I don't want to say 50% off or whatever. So I did double your dollars. So we did double your dollars and my VA researched how much they need to, um, how many emails they need to send out. So we, I, I think yeah. we sent out 12 emails or yeah. more. I around feel this like time. I'm bothering people. It's so ridiculous. Like, it's like if we're bothering them, they'll unsubscribe and then Exactly. Oh, well, you know, it's like, but you're right. There is like, if you, if you follow anybody who has a really strong email presence, mm-hmm. I mean, they will send multiple emails a week. Yes. It's, yes. Yeah. And the reason I started to focus on emails too, is that I want to own, own my people, uh, not yes. own them, but I want to own the platform where the, people are coming. Yeah. Cause social media is going to, once it's gone, you lose it all. You lose all exactly. of your followers or whatever. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And so there's also a rule of thumb out there that if you get in front of someone 80, 80% of the time, they will do business with you. If they, it's like eight out of 10 or something. It might be bigger now, but we did a double your dollars. So if you bought $400, you got $800. If you bought a thousand, you got a thousand, you got and 2000 prepaying, prepaying. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, so they're prepaying a package or just any amount towards a photo shoot. Correct. Any yeah. amount. So I, in that Black Friday weekend, made $10,200. Nice. That's awesome. Yes. And then, but then you have to do all the shoots. Like, how do you know how many, like around how many people you had to photograph and were you able to sell more after that? Like, how did that all work? Okay. So that was 12 people. No, 13 people. Sweet. So 13 people paid, I had people that, Spent two thousand eight hundred, four hundred, a thousand, lots of a thousand. So when they came back for their session, they had two thousand dollars to spend. For example, so that is includes the session fee. Everybody, mm-hmm. let's see, this black front that ten thousand dollars has turned into thirty five thousand dollars. Awesome! Because mm-hmm. once they come in and spend that, you take so many photos that they want more. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, I just it, it's the same. It's the same session, uh, same approach. Just on the back end, when they come back for the reveal, I say, okay, you have $2,000 to spend. Well, actually, I'm going to back out the session fee, 675 out of that. So I'm terrible with math. Um, that makes it probably 1425 Yeah, something like 1325 yeah. So you have 1325 to spend. And they all got a collection. And most everyone at that point, you're going to get 20 or 30 Yeah. Yep. It's great. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah, it was it was really cool. And it's kind of like, I feel like once they've already, and, and I know this isn't how it is for everyone, but mm-hmm. for a lot of people, money spent, it's already gone. So if they're going to spend a little bit more, it's, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, very cool. And the beautiful thing about that is also, I set myself up to, I had people booking all through, through the year. I still have four people left to photograph and they're all coming in in October and November. So Outside of just my regular stuff, I had people booking all throughout the year. I set that up in, yeah. you know, on the Black Friday. 
Do you know, off? I know you have a spreadsheet or whatever. I don't know if you keep track of this, but how many people are repeat clients versus maybe just new clients who had been following you for a while and that was what made them, what, what made them like pull the trigger to actually do the shoot? Because there, yeah. there, are, there are times when I will have, and I've, I know I've said this before, but someone will ask me about my pricing or whatever and inquire and they're not ready to book at that time for whatever mm-hmm. reason. Could be financially, could be they don't like how they look at the moment, you know, whatever. And then mm-hmm. two, three, four years later, they come back, you know, whether, yes. you know. But I feel like that could be something that could push someone over the edge who've been wanting to book to actually pull the trigger. Yes. Yes, that's, a, that's absolutely correct. I, most of the people were re, are repeat clients or oh, someone I, I, had done a, I had done a headshot for and they booked yeah. something different. I'm telling they you just these went to- past clients, we ignore them too often. Too many people are ignoring their past clients. And these are some of the best clients. They already know our everything. They know the experience. They know your pricing. They know you. Like it's, they're just the best to market to. Yes. Yes. And now I will say that, so I'm going to do something different this year. Number one is I'm going to say it can only be applied to certain things because mm-hmm. I had like somebody that wants lifestyle. I don't really focus on lifestyle, but yeah, okay. I'm going to be doing that, you know, but yeah. everyone else, most of the people came back and did, it's mostly this, the studio sessions. The other thing that I did that I won't do this year is I reached out to, to certain, so some, it's interesting. One person, one or two people did, were doing another promotion that I had or another campaign that I was running or actually I reached out to a handful of people that what came in that were individual and said, I would love to come back with my, my mom or my daughters. And so I reached out to them and gave them a special for family photos at, at the holiday time. Okay. And so some of them did both of the promotions. Right. So So, they still like got the highest package because you have so many people, but so it still worked out in my benefit, but yeah, it's yeah. You, you don't need to run two things at the same time. Just do the Black Friday, double your dollars. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so it seems like there are some parameters around it. One, it seems like there should be an expiration date. There maybe? is, yeah. I give people yeah. a year. I a gave year? them until, yeah, that's fair. I gave them a year. That's why now I have people like pushing up against it, trying to get in in October, filling up my calendar. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so expiration date and making it specific about the type of shoot they can use it for and maybe like mm-hmm. you can't use two offers in one or something. I don't know, but if you're still going to, I don't know if you're still going to make money on it, I guess. Yeah. It doesn't, maybe it doesn't matter necessarily. It didn't, it didn't matter for me really. It was just kind of like you're taking advantage of two promotions, which at the yeah. end of the day, it doesn't really matter, I guess. But yeah. Very cool. Yeah. And I, I think that that was also because I had built up my audience through the newsletter for now over a year and people know what to expect you know, they, they knew they wanted to do it. Like one, mm-hmm. one woman booked it her for her husband because he was a little bit jealous of like the mother daughter. And he was like, well, I want to have my session. I want some business yeah. photos and I want to be photographed with our daughters. Yeah. And so that was super cute. So he came in and did that, but oh, that's um, cool. yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. I really like that. And, and I feel like Black Friday, people are kind of ready to spend. They're looking for a deal. And I know sometimes we have to be careful about how much we're discounting or whatever, but even some of the most luxurious brands around the world will have a Black Friday sale. I feel like it's that time where it's very acceptable to do it, regardless of, you know. 
Yeah, I think, you know, with with campaigns, the difference between a camp and I would consider the Black Friday a campaign because Mm -hmm. it was a lot of thought put into it and a lot of back end work Mm -hmm. um, versus like a promo for a a marathon headshot day is just like I need some influx of cash. I'm going to do that. And the campaign is a longer game. And people are already in the mindset of spending money, right? Mm -hmm. And so they either know they've got something coming up next year that they want to do, or they want to do this again or what have you. But if you're in the, if you're, it's, that's why the Hallmark holidays are great. You know, like the Mother's Day, Father's Day, all of those things are good because people are already buying gifts and, and spending money. And so that's why it works so well. Yeah. I really love that. And I love that you're doing it through your, like you said, your email list and your newsletter. Now, are you posting anything on social media, like make sure you're on my newsletter or my email list or whatever to get people to know that if you want this special deal, you have to be part of my email community? Or are you just using the people you already have there? I should do that this year. I only use the people I already have. That's yeah. a great idea. But yeah, I mean, it, the email is, I, I don't know how many people are on it now, It's but it's pretty big. So I, and I only did it to them because it's exclusive. Yeah. And, and anytime that if you don't, I guess if you're not familiar with, with how things work, it's, it's a little bit difficult to, to sell a Black Friday on social media unless they're already kind of in your world and a client potentially. Yeah. That may not be accurate, actually. And I honestly, I got really overwhelmed and really busy and stopped doing social media for almost six months. It's, I'm, not, I'm with you. It's, it's a beast. It is a beast. It's trying to keep up with all the things and the mm-hmm. reels and TikTok. Mm-hmm. And, it's, yeah, it's like bang your head against <laughs> the wall. I mean, there's such a benefit to it. But if, mm-hmm. once you convert people to your email list, that's where it's at. It is, it is because you own that. Nobody's going to take it away. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people, you have their attention. Mm-hmm. I feel like social media. So if you... Here's the thing. It, this running a portrait business is not a one person job. You are a business owner, you are a CEO, and you are the talent. Mm-hmm. And you can only do so many things. Mm-hmm. And I have, I've tried to outsource my social media before, but they don't, no one can capture my voice the way that I, yeah. the, how I post about my clients and what I have to say. Yeah. So I really have to own that. And, and, and when you get busy and you're trying to do all the things, it can get overwhelming and that's what happened. But it, it, honestly, it didn't really, if, if you want to look at, I mean, if you, you want to probably look at the, the ways that people come to you and spend 80% of your time there. Yes. Um, yeah. So if it is every time I speak in front of any kind of group, I will get clients. Yeah. Even if it's, I mean, I just did something recently, which was a, a room of women entrepreneurs that, have reached at least a million in revenue. And I, I was asked to come talk about how to take better photos out on the iPhone, just posing tips. And then mm, I created a cool. whole landing mm-hmm. page for them with some videos and things. So on my smart. But, oh, I love this. I love, love, love this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's I, a good I mean, lead magnet to get them on your email list. Exactly. And, mm-hmm. and, and some people signed up for my email right then, like while I was speaking. Cause I was, I got pained later, but mm. so I think, you know, it's like, and also if I go to coffee or lunches one-on-one, like if I'm strategic about that, I'm almost always going to get some shoots from that. So yeah, yeah. for me, it's referral, it's one-on-one, it's getting in front of people, it's newsletter more so than Google 
or even social media. Although I do get some things from social media, but mm-hmm. I try to spend my time where it's going to, you know, be a good ROI. Yeah, a hundred percent. And also, I'm going to say this again, like you have had a lot of experience now saying your pitch and speaking in front of people and fine tuning what's getting you, you know, the words you're using, storytelling, all the things that's, that it's getting you the clients. And, and mm-hmm. that's something that people, you really, I didn't mean to be like people, you really, I just mean, <laughs> I meant to say people need to really focus on that you've got to fine tune that your message talking about them and your service and what you're going to do for them. And all of this is so important. You can't just show up to a meeting and expect to get a hundred clients. Like it's all, it's just a, yeah, just a progression of things. So. Yeah. I mean, I think people, because if, when you figure it out, when you're talking to people, they'll say, I want that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to do that. Mm-hmm. And it's really just, you know, you've got to own it and get confident in it. Um, mm-hmm. Cause and people are going to feel that and they're going to, they're going to talk about it and they're going to want it. And also like the other thing I will say about social media really quickly is that one of the things that I was like, gosh, I have to get back on there because my husband is a big extrovert and, and talker. And when he's out talking to people, he'll pull up my Instagram and I'll be like, Oh, it's kind of old. I need to get on that. But then I realized it is my digital business card. Like it's so easy to just point to Instagram and then scan the QR code, start following me and, and see it right there. And Mm -hmm. you can see how I talk about it. You can see my work and all of those things. So I really view it as more of a digital business card. for my my It's true. And it, you don't have to be on social media all the time and looking, you don't even have to look at anyone else's shit. All you have to do is just go on once a week and post one of your favorite photos, say something that makes it relatable or, you know, talks about the experience or just something about the client and just then shut the app and you're done, you know, but you're right. That does happen. Like my son wrestles, one of my kids and mm-hmm. one of the wrestling moms that was on his team were, we friended each other on Facebook and she knows I'm a photographer and she was able to find my stuff that way. And, you know, I just gave her a quote to do this whole big, her whole company that she's, a um, has to do with some sort of financial wealth planning or whatever, mm-hmm. her whole company, they all need headshots. And she's like hooking me up with all this stuff. And if I wasn't on Facebook, <laughs> yes. I don't think I, you know, and I don't even know if I have the job yet. I've given them a quote for all the right. things for like 25 people for new headshots. Plus they want some, you know office shot anyway but if i wasn't on facebook that would not have happened so yeah one of those things you know and those those kind of jobs that you're talking about are like i i said in the beginning that i was getting burned out with headshots but and now i'm very strategic with with how or who i take so even though i have a second shooter and we have worked out a deal where i'm doing all this legwork and you're showing up and shooting and calling it's a contract situation. I'm, yeah. I don't want to do a W-2. And so we've worked out a percentage deal. Yeah. But like if it is uh, just, for example, last week, I photographed 10 women, women in wealth for Regions Bank, because that is my ideal client. So I want to take that. If mm-hmm. Bridgestone North American headquarters calls me again to ha- to photograph their executives, I'm going to do that. Right. And then I'm going to show up, you know, in hype everyone up and take really great photos that everyone loves. And, yep. you know, and I've gotten business from that. I've gotten 
people that have come back to me twice or more from headshot companies. Like when I'm thinking about like, this is my ideal client, I'm going to go do that. Yeah. Even though it's not my favorite thing. So what shoots do you give to your associate then? I Now I try to give everything just because I'm really focused on giving that experience and doing the studio shoots. And then I'm also working on some education stuff. So I try to give everything unless it makes really good sense for me to do it. Like the women in wealth or executives at a major headquarter company, then I'm going to do that because, you know, because I'm a person that just, I'm going to show up you're going to get 100% of me no matter what I'm doing. Yeah. And so I'm going to, if it, if it makes sense business-wise, if you're my ideal client, then I'm going to give you a little taste of what it would be like to come for the bigger experience. Yeah. It's fantastic. It's in everybody's best interest. Yeah. It's awesome. Well, thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing all of this. This is great. I'm excited yeah. for you. You'll have to let us know thank how you. the, uh, the next campaign, the black next black Friday sale goes. I will. I will. Double your dollars. Yeah. I came up with that myself. I was pretty proud of myself. Right <laughs> That's awesome. Very cool. <laughs> I do have a couple questions that I always ask at the end of each episode. Mm-hmm. And the first one is, what is something you can't live without when you're doing a photo shoot? A B-flat. Uh, yeah. Like as in for a reflector or to take away light or like black to take All away light it. or like a couple or excuse me, like ones that you paint. Yeah. Well, I can't, I, you know, I tried to paint a B flat one time. You can't paint B flats. No, they, they warp. They blow. <laughs> they like yeah, warp. they yeah. totally warp. I've done it. Yeah. Um, I did that early on. Uh, so I, I use it for reflector, for absorbing light. And as a, the black, I always use as a backdrop. Yeah. Most, I mean, it's probably in almost every shoot is a black backdrop. Black B flat. I should clarify when we're saying V flat, we're talking about foam core. Correct. Not the big, like, poly boards that we paint that don't warp or whatever but the right foam core yeah okay yeah the foam core yeah and i've also painted poly boards but yes the foam core v flats um is probably the thing even i even have these i've cut them out smaller even if i end up going on site i always have a little v flat or something yeah all right number two how do you spend your time when you're not working uh, you know, my husband and I like to entertain a lot. So we have a lot of house parties. Um, I, fun. you know, I have been, here's something new, newer. I'm, I'm like, I'm loving sprinting. I know this is weird, but, or not the norm, but I really love sprinting. It helps with my, um, like distress and mm, I love sprinting too and, and things like that. So, you know, being active outside hiking, I mean, we have a lake house, so we go on the, the lake a lot, camping, just, just friends and outdoors. That sounds fantastic. Yeah. All right. Uh, number three is what is a photography product that you would recommend to people? I love my pro photos and I love my spider holster. Mm-hmm. I would say that. Uh, right now I have the Stella light in front of me. I mean... Lots Those of things. are all, great all the things. things. I, I, all I the love things. my spider holster. There, I was doing a shoot like a month ago, and I didn't have my holster, and I was like, <gasps> like I was like naked. It was horrible. I, I have the hand grip and the belt, so I'm nice. all in on the spider. Yeah. yeah. All right. And number four, what would you tell people who are just starting out on this whole photography journey? Just keep going. Keep just put one foot in front of the other. Get your your branding message down. You're going to move with fear. Fear is 
there at every, what does Sue say? It's the same mountain, different altitude. Yeah, something like. Oh, she has so many different quotes. I know she has so many. terrible with remembering uh, quotes. Um, you're just going to move with it. Fear because fear is the biggest challenge, right? It's going to be when you want to leave your job, it's going to be there. When you want to raise mm-hmm. your prices, it's going to be there. When you change genres, it's going to be there. Uh, anything when you have to put yourself out there, it's going to be there. You're just going to mm-hmm. move. You're moving with that, and you're just going to keep, just keep putting one foot in front of the other. That's just keep keep doing, keep keep going, and really, it's a the biggest piece. And it's not woo woo. It is the mindset, and that's mm-hmm. what you're going to. I mean, because look, photography is a skill that we learn, and and then what's we wrap around that is the business, the brand, the experience. Mm -hmm. So once you've got that skill down, you just, you figure out the rest and it all comes from you. And so you've got to get the you part, right? Because we show up as the whole person and it's so important. It's so important. It's really, I mean, that's what they, no one tell, everybody wants to know the words. They want to know how to market and they want to know how to price. And that's all out there and you can get that. But you have to like the the shift in how you're showing up is everything. Yeah. And you've been doing that work with Sue self value workshops, like with all the just everything. Absolutely. So it's um it shows for sure. For sure. Absolutely. You know, one of the things that even lately sometimes if I wake up in the middle of the night, I'll be like, No, I choose to believe in myself. I choose to bet on myself. Mm-hmm. And it's really just, a, you know, that mindset you have to, yeah, yeah. you have to really come. I mean, and that's what I love about and have always been drawn to with Sue is that she brings the self value with the business because mm-hmm. it's just so vital mm-hmm. and people don't talk about that. Yeah. But it, I mean, in every entrepreneur circle that I'm in, it's not even photographers. They talk about resiliency and embracing the suck and all of those things. And you have to develop that. That's the biggest piece, I think, that yeah. that you can learn all the other stuff. You'll figure it out, but you've got to really cultivate, the, you know, how you're showing up. Agreed. All right, Judith, where can people find you online? Judith Hill Photo for social media, and then my website is Judith Hill Photography. Fantastic. Well, thank you. Thank you again for being here, and Absolutely. will I see you at the conference? Yes, I will Yay. be at the Portrait System awesome. Conference. I'm actually running a photo bay. So oh, good. if you're there awesome. and you're shooting, Fantastic. I will be running a bay Sweet. and I'm excited to see everyone. Yeah. Sweet. Awesome. Well, I will see you in less than a month. Like, yes. Like three weeks. Uh, maybe? Yeah. I got a pack and I got my sailor hat. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> for the party. Yeah. For the party. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, All right, yeah. my dear. I will see you then. And until then, I hope you have a great couple weeks. Thank you so much. Yay. Bye. Yeah. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Portrait System Podcast. Your five-star reviews really help us to continue what we do. So if you like listening, would you mind giving us a review wherever you listen? I also encourage you to head over to SueBriceEducation.com where you can find all of the education you need to be a successful photographer. There are over 1,000 on-demand educational videos on things like posing, lighting, styling, retouching, shooting, marketing, sales, business, and self-value. There's also the 90-day startup challenge, plus so many downloads showing hundreds of different poses. We have to-do checklists for your business, lighting PDFs. I mean, truly everything to help make you a better photographer and to make you more money. Once again, that's SueBriceEducation.com.